Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 81 of the Still City Insider podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jeremy Ritz, alongside the Jim Wexel. Jim, how are you this fine day? Oh, I'm, I'm as good as uh, I'm going to be. <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful day in Pittsburgh. It's a beautiful fall day, so hope to get out and take advantage of it. Awesome. But, you know, after a win, always uh, days are always sweeter. Days are definitely always sweeter after win, and the Steelers defeat the Rams 24-17. They stay in the mix in the AFC North. They're only one game behind the Baltimore Ravens, who did pull out the nice victory. Not pull out, but they blew out the Lions for a nice victory there. And the Steelers are now preparing for the Jacksonville Jaguars this Sunday, 1 p.m. Akershore Stadium, the first of three home games. They're going to play the Titans the following week, then the Packers. So this is an important stretch, and... Jim, the best place to start here. It's Tuesday. It's a Tomlin Tuesday. Uh, Mikey T had lots to say this afternoon. Well, I, I can't say everything he said. I, I uh, anything in particular? Well, I know there's a lot of talk about uh, the, the the penalties, um, the the tenor uh, of the game, uh, the 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 calls yeah. from the breeze. Why don't we start there? Okay. Well, uh, he made a point that uh, you know Naji started out um, with his hair on fire, with his long hair on fire and uh, attitude-wise. And uh, he got in someone's face after an early run, and the refs apparently went to the sideline and told Tomlin, hey, that's not going to happen today. I've told your player, I'm telling you, these things are going to be flagged. So uh, it gives a little more credence to the flagging of what could have been considered minor things Mm-hmm. that really at major moments that hurt the Steelers with their wide receivers. Yeah. And um, me personally, uh, the DJ penalty where you, where you shush to uh Witherspoon, his old buddy, that could be construed as a makeup call because that pass interference was really ticky tacky. And that was a third down pass interference on a, on a, I don't know if it was catchable, but it was incomplete. And uh, I don't know if someone else came in with the flag, but I think they did the right thing, you know, because there's also some talk that defensive pass interference should have given him the first down and the unsportsmanlike after the play should have just moved him back 15 yards, still yeah. giving him the first down. But the refs just waved it off. I, I could have the rules wrong, mm-hmm. but I, I think they they did the right thing personally. Mm-hmm. whether they could justify it with the rules books with their bosses or not. But it seemed like that's really not pass interference. So let's do this over. Yeah. And they did it over third and eight. And then we got the seven yard pass. Then the, the bad spot on the, on the quarterback sneak. <laughs> yeah. 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 So they were able to ov- overcome those penalties, obviously. Um, and I know some of the sentiment after some of those plays, you know, you always hear the criticisms of Tomlin that he, the team lacks discipline. So people might be pointing to the, the hush there by uh, DJ or the, you know, the, the fiery response of, of Pickens. Um, but I, I might be in the minority here, but I'd like to see that fieriness that they, these guys want to play, they want to win. And some people might be saying that there's no, there's no place for it, but whatever they got to do to get motivated. I mean, that's what Tomlin said after the game. I'd rather say, whoa, than sick him. Yeah. And that's exactly the point you're making is exactly what he meant by that. And, and not to be undisciplined. You have to be smart. And right. I think he, 
he makes that point, but young guy like George Pickens, man, sometimes these wide receivers, they just, they just are not going to change. And he's young. <laughs> DJ should know better. Yeah. Although what his crime wasn't so bad, you know, the, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It was a big catch, you know, why, or a big moment. Why? So yeah, not a big deal. Yeah. I, I think, I think if you look at the penalties, they, uh, are always on the uh, they always are among the leaders in fewest penalties. So, and that's what I look at in terms of discipline. Yeah, and something else that Tomlin talked about too. He got into the identity of the team, uh, and that was a pretty interesting take. Do you want to riff on that a little bit? Well, first he said you were listening to me in labs, weren't you? Because I had <laughs> I had uh, tweeted that that uh, it was a great comment. Let, you know, Bob Labriola does the interview with Mike Tomlin at the end of the week. And he's much more revealing in that interview. And if you get to listen to it, uh, it's on the internet. And I do believe they replay it before the game. But if you listen to it, there were some great answers on uh, identity, which he doesn't believe in. He said, it's stupid, stupid to to say uh, we're a running team. And then teams come out with a goal line defense in, in the middle of the field and open grass, he said. Yeah. So it makes sense. It, it it's and I never really understood that question anyway. That's a that's a media thing. Mm-hmm. You know, your identity is to score more points. That's what your identity should be. Right. Right. Uh, I, I you know, and I talked about sledge ball last week, and they opened up in the shotgun and threw three passes. I I have no problem <laughs> with that because it then it opens up the run game. I want to see Najee as the closer, not the starter. So that's all working in what I've been yakking about since training camp. Mm-hmm. That Warren's a better running back and Najee's a better closer. Let's reverse the roles here and yeah. do it like you did with uh, Willie Parker, Jalen's cousin, ironically, and Jerome Bettis. And you won a Super Bowl. So um, I don't know how we got off on that tangent, but uh, oh, the the identity, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, you know Ken Wisenhunt in the playoffs in the 2005 playoffs threw on first down and ran after the pass set up the run. He pitched backwards. If you're a baseball guy, you know what I mean by pitched backwards. You throw two and O curves because two and O batters are sitting on the fastball, right? That's a home run pitch mm-hmm. two and O three and one. You got a pitcher that can pitch backwards. You're going to confound guys all day. And that's play calling is, is like that. So I kind of like using the pass to set up the run. I don't believe that, and I'm sorry, I'm I'm talking way too much, but one last point. Uh, I don't believe that Najee, using him as a hammer early, is going to soften the defense. I don't. Mm-hmm. I think it's the third, fourth quarter, and you got them on the run, and they're they're sucking wind, and they're dying. That's when Najee's effective. I don't, yeah. I don't believe in NFL back. I mean, you have to be Bettis-like, maybe, mm-hmm. with Fanica and Harding's up front and Starks and those guys, um, maybe a Bettis can wear you down. Maybe a Derrick Henry can wear you down. But mm. I really don't see a Najee wearing you down. But I see him being effective late in the game when you're tired and you don't want to tackle a big back. That's right. where I see him more effective. Right. So they got to root away from that first and second down handoff. Let's establish the run because we're the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. You know, that that's enough to make you. Yeah. Yeah. So. so- so very interesting, uh, the the whole discussion around identity and how Tomlin doesn't like to commit to an identity. And they're, they're trying to fill their way out. 
of who they are. I mean, maybe they're not committing and saying, hey, we're we're a run dominant team or a play action team, but they're they're trying to find the the matchups. They're trying to exploit those matchups. And what we were talking about earlier before we got on here, and you mentioned it in your column, you know, can this team continue to win this way? And the answer so far is yes, they're four and two. They're only one game behind Baltimore, whom they've already uh, beat. But is this a matter of, hey, they're winning these games that they should lose, if you're looking statistically, uh, this Rams game, perfect example. But does that speak to maybe the talent that's on this team, that even when they play their worst football, they only need three, four, five plays to pull out a win? And could this be something that where once this thing fires on all cylinders, you know, they can make some noise? Right. I agree. It's a it's a young off uh, young offense. Um, it, do they have the talent to win this way? T.J. Watt says yes because I'm going to make a play and it's going to turn this whole thing around. Yeah, and he's going to keep doing it apparently. And they also what you can count on is Minka hasn't done that yet, playing great football, right. but he has yet to get into what he's going to get into. You know, Minka Fitzpatrick's due for what five, four. How many game-turning plays is Minka capable of? Well, he's oh, got yes. a ball still left in his, his chamber, right? Oh, yes. That's another guy. So, yes, to, to your point, but it's not a perfectly talented team. I, You know, a lot of people want to say his team's so talented, it's the coaching. There's still – there's quarterbacks growing. Mm-hmm. And I think the second half, what we saw against the Ravens was the last pass was a big growth. Can you carry it over? Well – Took him a half, and then in the second half, he went 11 for 12. And, he, yeah. man, he was even doing this, and I, I didn't know he was standing in the pocket as well as he was in the first half. I criticized him a little bit because he was showing a little bit of jittery feet. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm really tired of seeing that. But he stood in the pocket uh, even in the first half, but in the second half. He took some brutal hits but yeah. delivered down the field. Yeah. And that's what he's needed to do. So, so Jim, so, there's – there's a quote out there that just came to me um, and I want to relate it to fourth quarter. Kenny, that's, that's going to be my, let's see if that sticks fourth, fourth quarter, Kenny here, but there's a quote out there that says, when people show me who they are, I believe them. The one thing that Kenny Pickett has consistently shown us from start of his career until now. And I know it's relatively young that when it comes to the fourth quarter and he needs to make a play, he makes a play. So all the other stuff, the you know, he he's not that elite passer yet. But wouldn't you rather have that intangible factor that even if you're down, you know that you have a chance with this guy? I mean, that's that's something that needs acknowledged. Well, I've always had a problem with that quote because it's used <laughs> on me often. <laughs> and I believe in growth potential. I can change and Kenny can change. The jittery, if we look at the jittery feet, Kenny, we don't have to say, no, he's not showing us. He he can become better as he works yeah. at it. And yeah, he can work at it. But what you're saying, that clutch gene that Craig Wolfley wrote about this morning, yeah, he's got that. I think we saw yeah. that last year. And as Tomlin said today, we saw that at Pitt. Yeah. Uh, so he's got that. Um, he just needs to get better, keep working he is getting better as he goes and his receivers are coming back geez it's weird how he gets a second star receiver and all of a sudden he looks better it's weird how that happens i know strange 
<laughs> and, you know, in a month when they get Fryermuth back, it's like, wow, that quarterback's really gotten better, you know. So, yeah, there's there's talent. There's still some flaws. Yeah. And I don't know if they can be fixed at the trading deadline. You just don't you just don't come up with a corner. You know, maybe you can take a chance on a Akello Witherspoon type and he can help you, but a good corner that you know is going to be good is just too expensive at this yeah. point. Yeah. Which is a good segue to talk about the defense <laughs> and you know, uh there there are still some soft spots on the defensive side of the ball. Sure, they got the win. They, they're making plays when they need to. They're getting pressure on the quarterback. T.J. Watt continues to be T.J. Watt. I mean, he's he's the defensive player of the year. I know it's still early. However, we're seeing uh, pass defense specifically from Pat Pete, which I know that he, he can't be that main guy right now, and that's not what he was brought in to be. Uh, but Levi Wallace continues to struggle. Um Good to see little Porter getting getting some work and he, he's getting some reps there. But what what's gonna what could happen with this secondary for it to improve? Or does it just have to be the pass rush that's gonna make it better? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, they survived a tough one this time. Jacksonville is gonna be very tough, very difficult. Um I don't really have any answers for you with the secondary. You know, you hope the Porter continues and improves. Uh, he does get a little handsy. That third and three PBU that he had could have could have been called, but it wasn't. And I think, uh, rightfully so, it wasn't called. But he does get a little physical, and 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 that's an issue. And you know, uh, he is was credited by Pro Football Focus. Please don't kill me for using them. Because <laughs> uh, so, they do put eyes on every player. Mm-hmm. And they said that Joey uh, didn't get a catch against him. But if you look at that big curl in the middle of the field, by I think it was had to be Puka, Nakua. Is that his name, Nakua? Yeah, Nakua. Yeah. They blamed that on Cole Holcomb. He wasn't anywhere near the play, but apparently they thought he should have dropped. And cover two inside linebackers do drop deep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And but it looked like sure looked like Joey let him go and just left him wide open for I don't know, it was at least a 20-yard game. Yeah. So I question whether that was on Joey. Um uh, and that could have been. So that could have been one complete. But you know, Pat Peterson looks like he's adapting well inside. Mm-hmm. He's playing some safety, he's doing all the Cam Sutton stuff, you know. He told us that. I don't know why people are still amazed that he's doing Cam Sutton stuff, but that's how they sold him in free agency. Mm-hmm. We want you to do what Cam Sutton did. They even gave him the same number. I don't know if I, I don't know if that's coincidence, but <laughs> he's doing exactly what Cam did. And now that Joey can play outside, it can go full mode with Pat Peterson in the Cam Sutton thing. They even used him, and I didn't think they'd do this. They used him in, as a nickel mm-hmm. because he's such a light tackler compared to some of their other nickel guys yeah, that uh, I didn't think he would come in with five DBs. That's more of a run potential. And you got, you're a little bit of a linebacker in the slot. So yeah. they, but they did, they used him as a nickel. So they're giving him the full, uh, full range of that camp Sutton position. So, you know, the, the weak link in my opinion uh, is Levi Wallace. And I, I don't think I'm breaking ground. He, he's, you know, he was a college walk on. He was a, undrafted player he's always fought the bias against 
I don't know, what, what's he run a four seven four six mm-hmm. at best. So he he is not a corner uh, athletically. Yeah, he's gotten by on guile, and he was a number three guy for the Bills, and he was a number three guy here last year. Now he's he's a starter, and he's getting exposed a little bit. Yeah, I, I hate to say that he's a weak link because he he had two interceptions in one game and helped mm-hmm. him win. Uh, but you know, I just you know I I don't know what else to say. He's a good yeah. guy, but. He's yeah. he's been giving up some plays. Yeah, smart ball player. Uh, definitely heady on the field. He's going to contribute when when falling and playing uh, assignment sound football. But you're right, athletically, he has difficulty matching up with some of those uh, big time wide receivers. And there's really no solution right now unless they make a move for the trade deadline, which doesn't seem likely. So they just got to hope that uh, that pass rush could be even better, which it's already pretty ferocious. But let's talk about the run defense. Because I'm still not sold. Why are you so wrapped up in the negative? (laughs) All you want to talk about are the negatives. You're like those Pittsburgh media guys. Oh no, no. See, you're the. I'm teasing you. You're the. You're the light. You're the light. I'm. I'm the dark here today. (laughs) But uh, you're not going to get much lightness from me on that run defense. I thought the inside linebackers played so well against the Ravens. It's more of a running team, Mm -hmm. and this week against a passing team albeit a lot more nickel and dime on the field. So less inside linebacker help. Yeah. But still, boy, they sure had some mediocre backs get gouging them. What was a, a, a defensive 31 carries 112? Yo- no, that's 31 carries 135 yards. Uh, what's that come to? It has to be over four. Uh, so, uh, for the last five games, they're allowing 4.5, which is getting better than the 5-0 they were at. Yeah. So last five games is 4.5. Yep. So the Ravens game was was a good, especially the second half. The Rams didn't have any running backs. They used a couple practice squatters, a couple guys off the street. At least they had fresh legs. So guys off the street always have fresh <laughs> legs. So I'll give them that. Yeah. But it, And you're playing the pass more, even though you really didn't stop Puka at all but they stopped cooper cup they stopped the tight end the tight end had dropped some big balls he yeah. dropped one at the 10 yard line late that led to a, a missed field goal mm-hmm. um so yeah i'm not the run defense also cam's going to be coming back that was going to be uh, my next question for you is when uh when can we anticipate that that hayward makes his return hayward is not answering this question and tomlin sure is he didn't today. Okay. Um, but I all I can tell you is I, I asked Cam, I go, are, are you certain that you're coming back in the regular season? He said, yes. Uh, you see him walk around the locker room. He looks great. Uh, he's a big physical guy, walking fine. You know, he could want to surprise everybody and come back after the eighth game. Yeah. Uh, they said originally it was an eight-game thing. Yeah. So we'll see where we at. Uh, we're at uh, five, four and two mm-hmm. and uh, on a buy. So that's seven weeks. OK. And with that said, getting ready for a big contest this weekend, AFC South, the, the Jaguars, Jacksonville Jaguars are traveling to Pittsburgh uh, again. Again, as I mentioned at the outset of the show, the start of a three game home stretch here, two F- AFC games in the row. But the Jags are going to present some difficult challenges for the Steelers team. What are your thoughts on this weekend's game? 
I did a workup. I, I handicapped the Steelers games usually late in the week, but I did it uh, for you today. Um, the last five games on a rolling basis, I look at the line of scrimmage, the defensive, pa- the pass defense, because we can always we can always gauge in our minds how good the quarterback is. Mm-hmm. So I don't fo- I don't, I don't want to get too many numbers and skew up my head. You as a day trader, you get that. <laughs> there are some certain numbers that you like. And not yes. everyone, not all of them give me the entire answer. And I don't have a side to pick. Nothing can jump out at me because I did. But I mean, the Steelers has some really ugly stuff. A 13.0 per yards completion is really, really, really bad. That's the last five games. 13 yards per completion. Jaguars, for instance, are more a league average 11.1. But when I see a 13.0, often that's a bet against for me. Yeah. Also. Jaguars had uh, uh, a Thursday game. Now I know they were in London for two weeks and their quarterback was hurt. They still carried that momentum into Thursday and won. Mm -hmm. And normally I would say, man, they can't carry that momentum again, but it's 10 days off. Yeah. And, uh, and they're going to be okay. They're going to be okay mentally and physically. They should be able to pick apart that secondary. Mm-hmm. And the the their run their lines of scrimmage one plus one point six, they can run the ball, and the Steelers have shown a weakness stopping the run. Yeah, but I'll give the Steelers this, and this is why I don't make the Jags an automatic knee jerk selection on my part. The Steelers are more efficient. It's a it's a, a yards per point. Mm-hmm. I really like this stat. You you subtract the offensive number from the defensive number yards per point. And the Steelers are plus 1.5 because they don't really put many yards together, but they're starting to score some points these last five games, right? Mm-hmm. They had 24 and 17. And then they before they had 23 against Vegas, 26 against Cleveland. Someone has defensive scores, but that goes into the efficiency number. Yeah. That that that's a catch-all for special teams for defensive scores. Uh, and it's a it's a really good number. I don't I don't like to. When I'm surprised, I, I, I that's when a, a the handicapping flag goes up for me. The antenna goes up, yeah. so I'm not surprised that their defensive pass woes. I'm not surprised they're getting gashed at the line of scrimmage lines of scrimmage because their run game's really not doing much. But man, when they have better efficiency numbers, their their defense, you know, they're a a, a bend but don't break defense, and that's always yeah. good for this number. They they. It takes 19.7 yards to score a point. And that's well above average. That's very good. They they're plucky. That's a plucky they're number. Lucky. How they're... plucky are you? <laughs> and they're plucky. And if you're at home, the other thing is the Steelers are always better in the second of two home games. Yeah. Coming off a of flight to LA. This is the one I think they'll lose. Okay. Oh, uh, they wouldn't bet against them because the pluckiness. And Kenny's getting better. And DJ's back. Yeah. And, you know, Benton up front, in few reps, he was an animal. Yeah. So does he help you run defense? Does do those linebackers play more now? Uh, All kind of questions that could lead. It just tells you this team's on the rise. And to not take them lightly, even though their numbers are so hideous still. Yeah. Yeah. They have that pluckiness factor. And they're at home. But I look for the Thursday night game, the second of two home games, to be the better game. And then the third home game will be on 10 days rest. Yeah. I look for those two games to be the wins. This 
you know, so uh, I think six and three, everybody would accept. I know, oh, yeah. I know everyone wants seven and two, but I think six yeah. and three. And, and I think Jacksonville's clearly the tough one of those three. Yes. Yep. They're they're a quality team. And I'll, I'll I like the plucky word. Uh, and I'll point to this that going back to last season after that bye is where this team solidified and not that they were world beaters, but they got better. Yeah. And so I think that that fourth quarter against the Rams was a start of that that snowball rolling to build momentum into that winter season. We're going to see this team get better. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the Steelers over the over the Jags this weekend. I'm I'm thinking Kenny's going to put up. His best game so far as a pro, and they're going to move to five and two. So we'll have to see yeah. how this plays out. Hear me. I mean, I I, I predicted the the Steelers would uh, play their emotional at an emotional pitch, and that they would beat the Rams. But everything else about this weekend, I was wrong about. Uh-huh. And, I, and this is another. This I, I did get my hair cut, and I like my hair. <laughs> it looks good. But I'm on a really bad roll, brother, and so. <laughs> That should be taken with good news by all of you out there because Jeremy's bucking my professional handicapping service. Uh, And good. I hope you're right and I'm wrong. I I hope you're so much smarter than me. Uh, Yeah, well, you are. We know. I'm just the guy that talks all the time. Hey, and you're you're the insider. You're the insider. And we're going to have plenty to talk about in episode number 82 next week to talk about the outcome of that Steelers-Jacksonville game. It's going to be a lot of fun, uh, regardless of the outcome. Um, but we'll be back here next week. You could, uh, Jim, anything real fast before I close up that you want to hit on? Steel City Insider. You can uh, get our, our, our service there. And my books are at jimwexel.com. Wonderful. And thank you so much for watching, for subscribing, for sharing, for commenting. We appreciate your viewership so much. I think we're up to, I don't even know how many, 500 plus so we're it's making just, the, that's it. It's, it's too many to even counting. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 too many, too much. Growing by leaps and bounds. There we go. But you can check out Jim's work at the Still City Insider. Give him a follow on X at Jim Wexel. Give me a follow at Still Study, and we will see you back here next week, where we're hopefully discussing a Steelers victory over the Jaguars in episode number eighty-two. Take care, everyone. See you, man.